this morning just seeing the uh, the sanctuary decorated and 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 us uh, start our Advent season. I've been looking forward to it for weeks, to be honest with you. I've needed it, uh, and I'm not patient. Again, I've been uh, been thinking about it for a while, but I'm the same way with Christmas gifts. I don't really, well, I do like to get my Christmas gifts, but even when I buy something for somebody else, I want to give it to them. I'm ready. That's, uh, I've always blamed getting Christmas gifts late, later in the year because of my procrastination, which I do procrastinate, but really, as, as soon as I buy them, I want to give them. I want to see that look. I want to see that. Anybody else like that? I really enjoy Giving it. I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting. Genetics are pretty strong, too. Um, several years ago, when, when Abby got big enough to actually go Christmas shopping with me, I took her and I said, hey, this is what we're going to get your mom. I said, we're going to get it today. I said, we've got a couple weeks you can't tell her. And I'm thinking, I hope I don't tell her. You know, this, <laughs> I want to go ahead and give it to her. So, so, so I tell her, I said, we, we can't tell her yet. So we go get it, and we, we bring it home. It's one of those uh, clock radios that's got the CD player. Y'all remember one of those? Yeah. So I'm so excited. We went ahead and wrapped it. I said, now, Abby, your mama's going to be home in just a few minutes. But remember, we can't tell her yet. So I said, deal? She's like, yeah, we got this. So as soon as Rhonda got home, she comes through the door. Abby looks at her and says, Mama, we got you a radio. <laughs> Man, sometimes things just are so good we can't wait. And that's the way I feel about Advent. Now, used to, the, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas seems so long. Man, it did. It used to seem so long. And one of the things I discounted growing up when older people would tell me how much time goes by faster when you get older, I never really took that serious until I got older. And now that time between Christmas is going to be here pretty quick. It's going to be here. But first, we, we've got to wait. We've got to wait. We've got to wait. We have to trust. This morning, um, Scripture is going to come from uh, Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10. This is now one of my favorite psalms, not just one of my favorite psalms, it's one of my favorite Scriptures in the Bible. I want to tell you why, so if I get emotional, you'll know why. About a year and a half ago, I did something really difficult. I did something, one of the hardest things I've ever done. I've done a few funerals, and they're all tough. But about a year and a half ago, I lost a young man that I was really close to. He's in my youth group, he'd become a Bible study. Uh, Abby was actually friend. He's got a sister that's Abby's age, and Abby was a friend. So I grew up really close to this kid. And when he graduates high school, he joined the Marine. 
And he was a great Marine. What a wonderful young man. But about a year and a half ago, uh, Quentin passed away. And as I was preparing that funeral, I kept reading through Psalm 25, because that was his favorite psalm. And the only thing his family asked me to do was to read that psalm at his funeral. I can tell you I've read that psalm almost every day for the last year and a half. I get a lot of peace from it. This morning, uh, this psalm is actually in the lectionary. It's in the church calendar, which I read every week. And I fought preaching this. I'm like, man, I preached it a year, and I don't really, man, I read, I don't really want to do it. But it's what I'm supposed to preach this morning. And I'm going to read just the first ten verses. And as I do, I'm going to remember my friend, but also... Remember what this season's about, how it's about waiting and trusting for the good things that are going to come. Some things we don't understand. We don't understand why we're waiting. But just for the good things that we understand, I'm going to read again the first ten verses. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantingly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or the transgressions according to your steadfast love. Remember me for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast, love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, for that scripture, Lord. Just thank you for uh, the peace that it offers, Lord. I just thank you that, uh, that you're here with us, Lord. And we do need to wait and trust in you, Lord. I just pray that as, as we study this scripture, Lord, it, it, it speaks to, uh, to many hearts the way it spoke to mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Waiting and trusting. Again, I'm not good at it. 
even though I know the older I get, time flies faster and faster. It goes by so fast. And a couple weeks ago, I talked to you about how it's hard for us to wait because we live in a society now where we get instant gratification. Things, if we want to talk to people, we can text, we can call. There's so many ways to communicate. If we want food, we can go through the drive-thru. We get instant information or misinformation from the internet. I told you stories about how microwaves are wonderful, but they can be dangerous um, a couple weeks ago. Thermostats, we can turn the temperature up, man. We get instant heat. Man, things are great, but sometimes when we live in this society that's like this, it's this fast paced, and we got this instant gratification, sometimes it's just hard for us to slow down and wait. And plus, we're able to do so many things for ourselves now. Back when I was in college in the early 80s, uh, we wrote a few papers, and I couldn't type. And there was no word processors or computers, so those papers had to be typed. I couldn't do it for myself. I had somebody could do it, though. And she was good at it. She could proof it and type it at the same time, and it was, it was awesome. But now, thanks to word processors and spell check, and, and, and so I could do those things myself, too. So in a world where we can do so many things for ourselves, now it's hard to, to, to wait. It's also hard to be dependent on somebody else. But in our walk with Christ, we have to be dependent on Him. We are, we are called to be dependent on Him in everything we do. In this psalm, you see, David writes about the importance of waiting and depending on the Lord to supply our every need. And as I studied these first ten verses, I noticed there's three distinct parts that I'm going to turn into questions, because that's what I do. But these parts, David writes about his confidence in God. And he writes about his call to God. And then he writes about the character of God. And the questions I want you to ponder this morning as we go through this scripture is, are these. Is your confidence in God? Do you call on God? And do you know God's character? Again, is your confidence in God? Do you call on God? And do you know God's character? You see, the first three verses talks about trust. And these verses, it describes David's confidence in his Lord. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. David, in essence, is saying that he is completely handing his life over to God. He's lifting his life to God because he has that much confidence and trust in God. You see, I suggest to you this morning, that's the kind of trust and confidence God wants us to demonstrate. That we need to turn things over to Him. There's many things that we can't fix on our own. <clears throat> Sometimes we think we can, but we mess it up. But when we give them to God and let Him do with them what God does, He takes care of us. <clears throat> you see, I, I tell you, it's about trusting God. It's about completely giving your life to God. And this is, 
I will not be ashamed. David writes about how he's not ashamed to put his trust and, and dependency in God and to actually call on God when he needs him. Not just when he needs him, but every day he's calling on God. That's what the scripture is about. It says, if anyone is ashamed of me, or in Luke 9, 26, Jesus says, if anyone's ashamed of me, in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. In other words, we're going to put our trust, our confidence in God. We're not going to be ashamed of God, and God's not going to be ashamed of us. He's going to be proud of us. Think about that. Think about when we're not ashamed of God, we put our trust and our confidence in God, that God's actually proud of us. The maker of the universe, the one who controls everything, is not ashamed of us. He's proud of us. You see, when we put our trust and faith in God, we're not going to be disappointed. We're not going to be let down. I've told you several times, when we put our trust in other people, if you put your trust in me, eventually I'm going to let you down because I'm a human being. But when we put that trust in God, He never disappoints because He's perfect. He's perfect. And again, David was not ashamed to call God. He was not ashamed to call on God. He says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. He's ready to learn. He's ready for God to teach him. Are we ready for God to teach us? Are we reading the scripture? Are we praying? Are we spending time with God and waiting for him to give us that instruction, for him to teach us and to tell us what he wants us to do? You see, this is the attitude we must have toward God. If we really want to be taught by God, we've got to trust, we've got to depend on Him. When we really want to know the Lord, when we really want to know His ways, when we really want the Lord to work through our lives, we've got to slow down and trust. But you see, more often than not, you see, we only want God to lead us where we want to go. I want to repeat that, or at least this is true for me. We only want God to lead us where we want to go. If he's leading us somewhere that we're not comfortable with, sometimes we want to back up a little bit. But when we put our true our, 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 our confidence, our, our, our true trust in God, we'll go, we'll follow where he leads us. All day long, David has his eyes pointed toward God to know God's will. Show me your ways, lead me in your truth, and teach me. You see, that needs to be our cry, too. When we call out to God, that needs to be our cry, is to teach me your ways. Lead me in the direction you want me to go. But again, sometimes it's time to wait. Sometimes it's, we just need to wait and listen for that instruction. When we're reading, when we're praying, again, me personally, I'm impatient. I want to react immediately. I want to go but sometimes we're called just to sit and listen. Listen to what God's wanting us to hear. Listening for His guidance. Again, often we want immediate answers to prayer. We want immediate answers to things because that's, again, the kind of society we live in right now. is immediate. But sometimes it's good to wait. It's good to wait and listen. And when we wait and listen, what we need to really wrap ourselves around is the mercy and love that only comes from God. The mercy and love that only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
that mercy and love that only comes from our Lord. Show me, teach me your ways, Lord. Then be merciful to me as I try to do your will. Show me your mercy. Show me your mercy. As I'm struggling in this life, Lord, as I'm, as I'm trying to grow closer and closer to you every day, I mess up. Please show me your way. Get me back on track to live the life you want me to live. I need to be looking for your ways, Lord, not mine. Show me that love, that unconditional love that only comes from a Savior. That's what we need to be looking for. That's what I need to be looking for. And remember not my sins. David asked God to remember his sins. To forget his previous sins. Who needs to have their sins forgiven? Who needs that Savior? I know I do. Fall short every day. But when I do, I know I have a Savior I can turn to. I can turn away from that sin. I can turn to the Lord and say, please forgive me. And I can walk away from that sin and back towards Christ. And He's willing to forgive me. Remember not my sins. Again, when we turn away from those sins and we fix our eyes on Jesus, people should see Jesus living through us more and more every day. And John 3.30 says that there should be less of me and more of God every day. Again, Zach Williams has this song that I listen to every morning. A little less like me and a little more like God. If I could do that every day. Again, I, 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 to remember that verse, I say a little, little more grace and less stace. Every day, if there's a little, little less stace and a lot more grace, man, I have gotten a little bit closer to where I want to be. But guess what? I mess up. Anybody ever seen me mess up? No, you don't have to raise your hand. I thought Rhonda was going to shout there. <laughs> Who's seen me mess up? No, don't, don't, don't testify to that. But, but I have. But each time I go to the Lord and ask Him for forgiveness, each time I say, Lord, just use me, guess what? He forgives me. When I lay those sins down at His feet, He forgives me and He can still use me for His kingdom. Hebrews 8 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Actually, that's Jeremiah 31. And then the writer of Hebrews goes on and he says, actually he quotes that prophecy as he's assuring us the forgiveness of a Savior, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. You see, God has promised to forgive and forget our past sins. Not to bring them to mind again. You see, we have hope and confidence when we trust in God that those sins have gone away. What a wonderful promise from God. What a wonderful promise He's given us that no matter what, we can go to Him and He'll forgive us. In turn, we're supposed to forgive. Man, that's hard sometimes what the Lord's Prayer just said. We just prayed it. 
We ask God to forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. As we become closer and closer to walking that walk that God wants us to walk, it gets a little easier, but it's still hard because we're human beings. That's why we need to give it all to Him. There's so many things we can't do on our own. There's so many things that we can't do. But when we put our trust, our faith, into our Savior, He can make something of it. It's not because of our character, though, because we're flawed. Again, I make mistakes, but you see, the character of God is He's perfect. He's upright, upright, steadfast, and faithful. He keeps His promises. He keeps His covenants. You see, that's what, as David lists a couple of the attributes of God, that's what he's talking about, is His perfection. Again, verse 8 says He's good and upright. Verse 10 goes on to say, The Lord is steadfast and faithful in all of His ways. Why does David claim this? How does he know? Because he has that relationship with God and he's put his trust in him. Do you see what God's praising or David's praising God for? He's praising God for being there when he needs him, for always being on there, for being steadfast, for being upright, for being good. But again, God calls us to do some things too. We're to be humble. We're to show humility. Because those are the attributes of our Savior. That love, grace, humility is what He shows us every day. It's what He showed when we walked on the earth, but it's what He shows us every day. So David cries out for God to teach us to be humble. Teach him to be humble. Are you humble? Am I? Am I showing humility? How did Jesus show us this humility? You see, he did it by his actions. Philippians 2.7, Paul says that uh, we need to be the same. He said that Jesus humbled himself. And the rest of the verse goes on to say, and became obedient to death even death on a cross. See, humility, sometimes we think is a weakness, and really it's our strength. When we can humble ourselves and we put other people's needs ahead of our own, that's a sign of strength, not weakness, because that's a character of Jesus Christ. You see, David goes on to say that God shows his faithfulness and steadfast love. He keeps his covenants. See, God's calling us. He's calling us to change our attitude and submit. He's calling us to be humble. He's calling us to show that grace and love that only comes through him. And as we enter this wonderful season, I pray that we are reminded to just slow down. Slow down and trust in the Lord. You see, we need to show that humility. We need to show grace and love to everybody we meet. You see, that grace and love 
only comes from one place, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It can't be found anywhere else. You see, we need to repent of our sins and commit to living a Christ-like life. I want to read you those three questions I started with now. Is your confidence in God? Are you calling to God? Do you know God's character? Again, is your confidence in God? Are you putting all your trust in Him? And are you calling out to God when things are good, things are bad? Are you continually calling out to God? And do you know God's character? And this Psalm 25, David reminds, me of all, reminds us of all those. Let me remind you, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you'll never be disappointed. If there's anyone here this morning or listening online that don't have their faith in Jesus Christ, they have not entered in that relationship. Again, you may know who Jesus is, but if you have not entered in a relationship, that forgiving, loving relationship that's only available through Him, today's a great opportunity to do it. I told you we live in a society, especially in this area, there's not a whole lot. There are some people who have never heard of Jesus, but a lot of people know about Jesus. But to get from your head to your heart, sometimes that one foot or less is very difficult. To translate from what you know, what you've heard, to actually living your life for Him. Again, it's not what we know, it's what we do with it. It's who we put our trust in. It's who we call out to. Because we know His character. Again, if you're here this morning, you don't have that relationship, I'd love to pray with you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for it for allowing us to come to you, Lord. Thank you for the love and grace that you show us. Lord, I just pray that every day each of us have one goal, and that goal is to become more and more like you. And Lord, thank you for when we do fall short, Lord, you're always willing to forgive us. Lord, I pray for everyone here, everyone listening at home, Lord, if they don't have that relationship with you, Lord, they come to that knowing, loving, heart relationship. And they can feel that peace that only comes through you. In Jesus' name, amen.